When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well met, fellow adventurers. I am still in the city of Packwall, which still has one, which still has a whack problem. So I'm exploring the city and just trying to deal with it. Suddenly, in the central sector of the city, just as dusk has began to settle over the seaport, you happen on a disturbing scene. A group of seven Kogari, making no obvious effort to disguise themselves in human form, are swiftly closing in around a terrified young woman. Anger wells up in you as you immediately realise the vicious harm the WAP fiends intend to inflict upon their pleading victim. Attack the seven Kogari! You step out of the deepest, deepening shadows, making your presence known to the band of Kogari. The seven vicious knackmen, their dark eyes blazing with contempt, turn away from their cowering victim and settle their chilling gazes on you. Despite their hostile stance, you immediately recognise sense that the Kogari are reluctant to engage you. Then, without warning, the cutthroat band of Wapman turn and dart off into the deepening shadows along the deserted street. Their victim... Having shaken off the tower that gripped her, thanks you before dashing away in the opposite direction from the band of fleeing assailants. You spend several minutes lingering about the scene of the attack, lest Kugari should return, but it soon becomes evident the Ratman have likely gone off in search of easier prey. As you move off along the dust-straight street, you can't help but wonder what it is the K- these Kugari are up to in Pakwar. And why they are not in human guise. Yeah, and now keep exploring the city. Most of the time. Oh, here we go. Something's turned up suddenly. In the southwest sector of the city, Duskers Duskers began to settle over the seaport. You happened upon a disturbing scene. A group of seven Kugari, making no obvious effort to disguise themselves in human form swiftly closing in around a terrified young man. Anger wells up in you as you immediately realise the vicious harm the whack fiends intend to inflict upon their pleading victim. Attack the seven Kogari! You step out of the deepening shadows, making your presence known to the band of Kogari. The seven vicious madmen, their dark eyes blazing, away, blazing with contempt, turn away from their cowering victim bound towards you 
their cruel weapons poised to cut you down. The young man, having shaken off the tower that all but froze him in, quickly bolts off along the street. Steaming yourself for what purports to be a brutal confrontation, you step into the battle-ready stance and prepare to engage the first of your snarling attackers. It's a sword-weaving Kogari. Yes. The vicious Kodari slashes at you with his sword and is slain. 5xp. You step over the bloodied remains of the slain Kogari and hurriedly resume your combat-ready stance as you boldly stare down the remaining Wapmen. You bravely engage the next of the snarling Kogari. It's an axe-wielding Kogari. It hacks at you with its axe. Brutal stroke for 12 damage, and another brutal stroke for 9 damage. But nevertheless, slain, 5 XP. You step over the bloodied remains of the slain Kogari, and hurriedly resume your combat-ready stance, as you boldly stare down the remaining Wapmen. Right, here's another axe-wielding Kogari. Hacks with an axe. Now a dagger-wielding Kogari. Yep. And that swing, that one's down. Axe-wielding. Hacks at you with his axe. If there's an axe-wielding Kogari again. The last of the Kogari steps back and fixes you with an icy glare as the vicious Ratman slowly lowers his weapon. Then, apparently having lost his stomach for the fight, he turns and dashes off along the shadowy street, swiftly vanishing into the glavering doom of dusk. Yes, go on! Tell your friends! If they make a fuss in Park Roar, they're gonna get maced in the head. With a mace. A thorough search of the remains of the slain Kigari turns up only their weapons and a small amount of gold. Yep. They're very unimpressive weapons and 12 gold. To making certain you haven't overlooked anything, you quickly check over your equipment before once again preparing to set off on your way. As you leave the scene of the attack, you can't help but wonder what it is these Kogari are up to in Pakura, and why they are not in human guise. Yeah, now back to exploring the city, wandering about and saying, Oh, Axe, I'm a, I'm a perfectly harmless person. Please attack me. I like being attacked by rats. <laughs> Suddenly... In the northwest sector of the city, dusk as dust as dusk has began to settle over the seaport, happen upon a disturbing scene. A group of four Kagari, making no obvious effort to disguise themselves in human form, are swiftly closing in around a terrified, middle-aged woman. Anger wells up in you as you immediately realise the vicious harm the wat fiends intend to inflict upon their pleading victim. Attack the four Kagari. As you step out of the deepening shadows, making your presence known to the band of Kagari, the four vicious Watmen, their dark eyes blazing with contempt, turn away from their cowering victim and settle their chilling gazes upon you. Despite their hostile sense, 
Stanch immediately sends to Kagari a reluctant to engage you. Then, without warning, the cutthroat ba- band of rat men turn and dart off into the deepening shadows on a deserted street. Their victim, having shaken off the terror that gripped her, thanks you before dashing away in the opposite direction from the band of fleeing assailants. You spend several minutes lingering about the scene of the attack, lest Kagari should return. Soon because it met evident the Wat Man have likely gone off in search of easier prey. As you move off along the dust straight street, street, you can't help but wonder what it is the Kogari are up to in Pakwa, and why they were not in human guise. Uh, now, wandering about some more, looking for those, looking for those rats. Uh, suddenly. In the western sector of the city, just as dusk began to settle upon the seaport, you happen upon a disturbing scene. A group of three Kagari, making no obvious effort to disguise themselves in human form, are swiftly closing in around a terrified old man. Anger wells up in you as you immediately realise the vicious harm the Wat fiends intend to inflict upon their pleading victim. Attack the Kagari! You step out of the deepening shadows, making your presence known to the trio of Kagari. The three vicious matmen, their dark eyes blazing with contempt, turn away from their cowering victim. I'm bound to warn you, their cruel weapons poised to cut you down. The old man, being shaken off the tower that all but froze him in, quickly bolts off along the street. Seeing yourself for what purports to be a brutal confrontation, you step into a battle-ready stance and engage the first of your snarling attackers. It's a dagger-wielding Kogari. He stabs me. And is slain. 5xb. You step over the bloodied remains of the slain Kogari and hurriedly resume your combat-ready stance as you boldly stare down the remaining ratmen. It's an axe-wielding Kogari now. The last of the Kari steps back and fixes you with an icy glare as the vicious Batman slowly lowers his weapon. Then, apparently having lost, st- his, lost his stomach for the fight, he turns and dashes off along the shadowy street, swiftly vanishing into the glavering doom of dusk. Alright, there's their disappointed weapons and 13 gold. After making certain you haven't overlooked anything, you quickly check over equipment before once again preparing to set off on your way. As you leave the scene of the attack, you can't help but wonder what it is these Gagari are up to in Pakwa, and why they were not in human guise. Okay, patrolling the city once more, looking for people in trouble. Yes. Accost, villains! I am going to assail upon you. Indeed, I shall, as soon as I find you, that is. Villains, villains, where are you, villains? Here, villains. Right, looks like my villain sense is tingling. In the southern sector of the city, dusk as dusk as began to settle over the seaport, 
you happen upon a disturbing scene. A group of six Kagari, making no obvious effort to disguise themselves in human form, are swiftly closing in and around a terrified old woman. Anger wells up in you as you immediately realise the vicious harm the Wap fiends intend to inflict upon their pleading victim. Attack them! Okay. The woman gets out of the way. Now I fight an axe-wielding Kagari. Hacks with his axe. That's 5 XP. Another axe-wielding Kagari. Five more XP. Sword-wielding Kagari. And another sword-wielding Kagari. I think this is the, the sword-wielding Kagari. This is the penultimate one, but I think the last one's going to run away. The last of the Kagari steps back and fixes you with an icy glare as the vicious Batman slowly lowers the weapon. Then, apparently having lost his stomach for the fight, he turns and dashes off along the shadowy street, swiftly vanishing into the glavering doom of dusk. Right, they're terrible weapons and 15 gold. Suddenly... Something else has happened. Just heal first. As you're about to leave the scene of the attack, a lone figure clad in a leather vest with a plain grey cloak draped around his sender form steps into your path. The man. His face dotted with a dark, ragged, wet remnants of a beard and his white eye covered by a thick black patch throws back edge of his cloak to reveal a short sword and two daggers hanging from his belt. You're making a terrible mistake, friend, he says in a low voice. None of our business is of any concern of yours. Promise to never show yourselves in these parts again, and I'll see that your trespasses are forgotten. The man claps, claps his hand to the hilt of his blade as he awaits for your response. So I can agree to his demand, but that will be a lie because I'm going to keep exploring. I can refuse his demands or I could just attack him. I will refuse his demands. You boldly refuse his demands, maintaining a guarded posture as you await his response. Then you are a fool, he says in a low but firm tone. You aren't alone, I'm afraid. This city is full of fools. Matter I've taken upon myself to rectify. I will issue you but one warning, and I pray for your sake that you heed it. Stay out of our affairs. With that, the cloaked stranger begins to turn, as he's about to depart. So I can allow him to leave, or I can attack him. Um, I'll allow him to leave. Well, the one-eyed man turns and swiftly moves off along the lane, disappearing from view after only a few moments. When he's gone, he once again set off on your way. Explore some more. Suddenly, in the eastern sector of the city, dust as dusk has began to settle over the seaport. You happen upon a disturbing scene. Three Kagari are swiftly closing round an old 
terrified old woman. Okay, then I will attack them! You step out of the deepening shadows, making your presence known to the trio of Kogari. The vicious madmen, their dark eyes blazing with contempt, turn away from their cowering victim and settle their chilling glazes upon you. Despite their hostile sense, stance, you immediately sense that the Kogari are reluctant to engage you. I presume perhaps one of the ones that fled from the previous encounters is in this group and saying, Look, this guy's way stronger than us. He's gonna he's gonna he's gonna chop us into little bits. We're gonna we could be chopped into little dib little giblets. Giblets and put on a stick and waved about. Then, without warning, the the cutthroat band of whatmen turn and dart off into the deepening shadows along the deserted street. Their victim, having shaken off the terror that gripped her, thanks you before dashing away in the opposite direction from the trio of fleeing, fleeing assailants. You spend several minutes lingering about the scene of the attack, lest the Karari should return. It soon becomes evident the Batman have gone off, likely gone off in search of easier prey. Suddenly, you are about to leave the scene of the attack. You are again met by the lone cloaked figure, the man, his face blotted with the dark, ragged remnants of beard, and his white eye covered by a thick black patch, shakes his head and scowls. Well, if he has an eye patch, that means he's... That means he's very powerful and deadly. Because you don't get you don't get an eye patch without doing something cool. It's just the rules. <laughs> Your trespass deepens, he says in a low voice, and my patience has won out. With remarkable speed, the one-eyed man draws his sword and leaps forward driving you backwards in the face of his ferocious assault. Reeling, as you attempt to recover from sudden attack, you manage to draw yourself into a defensive stance as you continue to fend off his deadly advance. I'm engaging the one-eyed swords, man. I'm putting man in quotation marks. Because he's pretty much said, he's all but said, I'm actually a whack person. Yes, begin combat. The one-eyed, your one-eyed foe slashes at you with his short sword. Keep slashing. I keep saying, "Ooh, he's fled from combat." Okay. Why did it not occur to any of your your other people to do that? Hmm? Sixty-four XP to general. The one-eyed man leaps back. Narrowly dodging one of your well-placed swipes and exhales sharply. He scowls and disappears if he's about to say something, but suddenly turns and darts off along the lane. Before you can even consider taking off, taking up pursuit, your sinister foe has disappeared from view. To take a few moments to check over your equipment, and to make certain the one-eyed man does not return, you once again set off on your way. Okay, now I'm looking for the Kagari and that man. The man with the eye patch and the wagged beard. 
Who, where is he? Where is that man? Because I have a feeling if I can drive him out of the city, then, then things will be a lot better in that place. And the WAP men will no longer be as bold. Yes. Come on. Here we are. Oh, no, no. Where are you, you one-eyed swordsman? Where could you be suddenly? In the southwest sector of the city, dust as dusk has began to settle over the seaport, you happen upon a disturbing scene. Group of three Kagami, making no obvious effort to disguise themselves in human form, are swiftly closing in around a terrified young woman. Anger wells up in you as you immediately realise the vicious harm the whack fiends intend to inflict upon their pleading victim. Attack! As you step out of the deepening shadows, making your presence known to the trio to Kugari. The three vicious white men, their dark eyes blazing with contempt, turn away from their cowering victim and bound towards you, their cruel weapons poised to cut you down. The young woman, shaking off the tower that all but frozen her, quickly bolts off along the street, sealing yourself for what purports to be a brutal confrontation. You step into a battle-ready stance, and prepare to engage the first of your snarling attackers. It's a sword-wielding Kagari, who slashes at me with his sword. And is slain for 5xp. And now it's another sword-wielding Kagari. Brutal stroke, but no good. For another 5xp, the last of the Kagari steps back, and fixes you with an icy glare. As the vicious Watman slowly lowers his weapon. Then, apparently having lost his stomach for the fight, he turns and dashes off along the shadowy street, swiftly vanishing into the gathering gloom of dusk. Alright, two terrible weapons, 14 gold. After making certain you have overlooked anything, you quickly check over equipment for once again preparing to set off on your way. As you leave the scene of the attack, you can't help but wonder what it is these Kagari are up to in Pakwar, and why they were not in human guise. Uh, oh, damn, that one-eyed swordsman wasn't there that time. Hmm. You'd think these people would... You'd think the rats would be willing to go far away from him. Suddenly... It's five Kogari attacking a middle-aged man. I attack them! You step out of the deepening shadows, making your presence known to the band of Kogari. The vicious wap, the five vicious wap men, their dark eyes blazing with contempt, turn away from their cowering victim and settle their chilling gazes upon you. Despite their hostile stance, you immediately sense the Kagari are reluctant to engage you. Then, without warning, the cutthroat band of Watman turn and dart off, dart off into the deepening shadows along the deserted street. Their victim, having shaken off the tower that gripped him, thanks you before dashing away in the opposite direction, 
from the band of fleeing assailants. We spend several minutes lingering about the scene of the attack, lest the Kagari should return, but it soon becomes evident that the Wackman have likely gone off in search of easier prey. Suddenly, ooh, it must be that one, it must be old Patchhead. As you're, as you're about to leave the scene the attack, you once again met by the lone cloaked figure, the man, his face blotted with the dark, ragged remnants of a beard, and his white eye covered by a thick black patch, shakes his head and scowls. Your trespass deepens, he says in a low voice, and my patience has won out. With a remarkable speed, the one-eyed man draws his sword and leaps forward, driving you backwards in the face of his ferocious assault. Wheeling, you manage, you, as you attempt to recover from the sudden attack, you manage to draw yourself into a defensive stance as you continue to fend off his deadly advance. It's a one-eyed swordsman. The one-eyed swordsman who slashes at you with his short sword. Ooh! Your enemy smashes through your defences with a devastating blow for 35 damage. Ooh, and now he has fled from combat. Having having satisfied honour by giving me one devastating blow. He has fled. 64 XP to general. The one-eyed man leaps back, narrowly dodging one of your well-placed swipes. Makes hail sharply. He scowls. It appears, it appears that he's about to say something, but suddenly turns and darts off along the lane. Before you can even consider taking up the suit, your sinister foe has disappeared from view. After taking a few moments to check over your equipment, and to make certain the one-eyed man does not return, you once again set off on your way. Alright, no, no, not yet. Keep exploring. Yes, now. Yes, where are you? It's there. In the southern sector of the city, dusk as dusk has begun to settle over the seaport, you come happen upon a disturbing scene. Six Kagari, swiftly closing in around a terrified old man. Attack! As you step out of the deepening shadows, making your presence known to the band of Kogari, the six vicious matmen, their dark eyes blazing with contempt, turn away from their cowering victim and bound towards you, their cruel weapons poised to cut you down. The old man, having shaken off the terror that all but frozen him, quickly bolts off along the street. I now fight as axe-wielding Kogari. And I just hope I'm pronouncing it right. Sword-wielding Kogari. And then... And dagger-wielding Kogari. Yes, trying to get the full spectrum. Another dagger-wielding Kogari. Trying to stab me. But I cave his head in. Sword-wielding Kogari now. So I stare down the last remaining whack man. The last of the Kagari steps back and fixes you with an icy glare as the vicious Wapman lowers his weapon. Then, apparently having lost his stomach for the fight, he turns and dashes off along the shadowy street. 
swiftly vanishing into the gathering doom of glass dusk. Alright, terrible weapons, 21 gold. To making certain you haven't overlooked anything, you quickly check over your equipment before once again preparing to set off on your way. As you leave the sea of the attack, you can't help but wonder what it is these Kagari are up to in Pakwar, and why they were not in human guise. Oh, let's see. Um, um, nope, nope, not ready yet. If I keep exploring, if I keep fighting these, actually, I'll have some, something will turn up to let me deal with them in a more permanent manner. Let's keep exploring. Where are you? Wats. And that one-eyed swordsman suddenly. Five Kagari swiftly closing in around a terrified old woman. Attack! It's a sword-wielding Kagari. The old woman has got away. Now I can concentrate on stabbing these. No, I'm bashing them. Yes, bash, bash, bash. Down he goes, 5xp. Another sword-wielding Kagari. Bash, bash, bash. Bash, bash, bash. Dagger-wielding Kagari. Yes. It's another dagger-wielding Kagari and slain. I stare down the last of them. And once again, he loads his weapon and runs away. Probably were probably running off to that one-eyed swordsman. Ah, Mr. One-Eyed Swordsman! He's attacking us again! He's being mean! I mean all I wanted to do was brutalize an old woman and you stop me! He's so mean! He's so very mean! Would you beat him up? Something like that. Alright, they're terrible weapons and sixteen gold. To making certain you haven't overlooked anything, you quickly check over equipment before once again preparing to set off on your way. Suddenly, as you're about to leave the scene of the attack, you're again met, met by the lone cloaked figure, the man, his face blotted with dark, ragged remnants of a beard, and his white eye covered by a thick black patch, shakes his head and scowls. Your trespass deepens, he says in a low voice, and my patience has run out. Early, with remarkable speed, the one-eyed man draws his sword and leaps forward, driving you backwards in the face of his ferocious assault. Reeling, as you attempt to recover from the sudden attack, you manage to draw yourself into a defensive stance as you continue to fend off his deadly advance. It's that one-eyed swordsman again. He's probably going to run again. The one-eyed foe slashes at you with his short sword. And, once again, he fleds from combat. You're going to need to get a lot more rats to deal with me. Sixty... For experienced general, the one-eyed man leaps back, 
narrowly dodging one of your well-placed stripes, and exhales sharply, he scowls, and appears if he's about to say something, but suddenly turns and darts off along the lane. Before you can even consider taking up the pursuit, your sinister foe has disappeared from view. Taking a few moments to check over equipment, to make certain the one-eyed man does not return, you once again set off on your way. As you make your way towards what you hope will be a safer section of the ancient Witherposs, something tells, tells you you haven't seen the last mysterious man you've come to know as a vicious and determined foe. Okay, I'm going to west. Now, adventures for this location. Yes. Now, I've apparently driven him. Driven that probable man to do something. The old man, well past the prime of his life, turns to face you, revealing broad shoulders and a thick, sturdy frame. A short sword hangs from his belt, and beneath the folds of his bulky brown tunic, you can clearly make out an iron-studded leather jerkin. Uncle Vark, he says, bowing. I know well enough who you are, and I pray you excuse me for coming straight to the point. I need your help to rescue my daughter. And that is the adventure I'm going to do. But first, I'm going to sell off some equipment. Okay, time to begin the Tunnels of Peril. Three days ago, in a wide lane in Pakor's squalid eastern sector. Lewell, there, startled out of a web of tangled thoughts that had nearly become another daydream. The young adventurous nodded, glancing at the man to her left to see if she could garner a clue about what delicted the harsh whisper. Her much larger companion, a grey-bearded man at least twice her age, focuses his intense gaze on the far side of the street, there, where two broad alleys converged into the ravaged strewn thoroughfare, Lyrell, shifting her advance to alleviate the discomfort caused by the heavy cloak that, co- that covered her cloth tunic, carefully studied the dense wall of gloom that rose up just inside the mouths of the two alleys. There, standing in the shadows of the leftmost corridor, are discernible only by a faint as a faint grey shape against the darkness, was the figure of a tall man. Do you think he knows we're here? The old man, his head, shook his head and held her fingers to his lips, never once shifting his stare. Lil felt that, felt like sighing, but knew the expression would invite her father's white, withering glance. Look, she had already seen twice since daybreak. She remained quiet and locked her gaze on the figure, dust inside the mouth of the alley, standing on her father's side, beside the rotting barrel stacked the door of the abandoned cooperage, Lyrell carefully studied every nuance of the vague, shadowy form across the way, watching for any signs of the telltale movements that might serve to, a, to reveal the identity of the lurking figure. That as yet, there was nothing definitive, for the young adventurous, a wap man in human guise, was not, was still not something 
easily spotted. The present. Moving through the harbour district, past dozens of moored ver- merchant corrals, the mighty Tyson war galleons, and countless other seaworthy vessels. You pause along the quayside to watch as a steady stream of men toil to load a particularly impressive block. Well, I don't know how to... How, how it's spelled is B-A-R-Q-U-E. However, however you're supposed to pronounce that. The massive vessel, flying the Warsalian flag, sailed into the cove not more than two hours ago. From what you've been able to gather, Pakor is a first stop on a lengthy voyage. Normally, take it round the northwest corner of Plyden. Took to see him one like that, but that was a long time back. The gruff voice of a man to your left grabs your attention. Instinctively, turn towards the sound, standing a few feet away. This intense stare fixed on the bar- on the buck is an older, grey-haired man. A short cropped beard, mostly grey, with just a few darker streaks, conceals much of his lower face. But does little to hide two long scars on his white cheek. The old man, well past the prime of his life, turns to face you, revealing broad shoulders and a thick, sturdy frame. A short sword hangs from his belt, and beneath the folds of his oversized brown tunic, you can you can clearly make out an iron-studded leather jerkin. I'm called Vark, he says, bowing. Which is a shorter and more desirable form of Varklik. Varklik. I know well enough who you are, Soup. And I pray you'll excuse me for coming straight to the point. I need your help to rescue my daughter. <gasps> The old man, man's sudden admission catches you off guard. For a moment or two, you find yourself unable to reply. Without waiting for you to respond, Vark speaks again. My daughter, Lirol. She met you some time ago, here in the city. She showed you a map, he says, as if attempting to jog your memory. Immediately tell her you recall the encounter. Oh, she was the one who told me where the sea cliffs were. And led me to that dragon. Then, in a long, interesting, and sometimes emotional account, he relates to the events that have led him to the dire predicament in which he now finds himself entangled. A predicament that began with the capture of his daughter. Buck told you he has long been a sword for hire. And that for the past 40 years he has wandered far and wide across the North Broadlands, seeking out adventure wherever it was to be found. If there was gold to be had from it, of course. You'll learn that when his wife died nearly two de- decades ago, Lyrol began to travel the world with him. And he remained certain to keep her out of harm's way as he plied his relording but perilous trade. Of course, one can't help to keep them away from everything, he says. At least, not forever. As she grew older, Lyrol made up her mind that she would partner with me. I tried to refuse her, but it did little good. So I taught her the blade. And the tricks of her, of her profession I've managed to survive for four decades. Now, Rark's voice trails off 
and he closes his eyes as he attempts to collect his thoughts and stay his emotions. Then, after several moments of silence, the aging adventure relates to you the events that led, led him to seek you out. Listening to Vark's tale, learn that he and his daughter Lero had previously shown you a map of the Seacliffs region, arrived in Pakraw in answer to a plea put forth by the Seaport's Council of Magistrates. The alarming number of Kogari encounters across all sectors of the city and at last forced the hand of Pakraw's powerful but often complacent ruling body. Vark tells you that the task laid out by the magistrate involved discovering the source of the growing Kogari infestation. I expected to hand a, a handful of the walking rats, he said, and yet we found ourselves confronted by an army of them. After dark, the city is well alive in them, some choosing to sink about in human form, but many bold enough to make no attempt to conceal yourself. To think of it, in a city with so many soldiers. Well, we found ourselves outmapped, so outnumbered at every turn, and outmatched more times than I dare to recall. We should have fled the city, and I curse myself with every breath for not doing just that. The mission, though, was only to identify the source of the guy, and that, I believe, we have done, though at a terrible price. His voice choked with emotion. The agent Revenger relates to you a detailed account of his encounters he and his daughter Leo have had with the Kagari since arriving in Pakura less than a month ago. He ends his sober narrative with the description of his last confrontation with the Kagari three days ago, an ill-fated ambush that resulted in Lyle's capture by the dual-eyed leader of the Watmen. We had discovered their leader was a one-eyed Kagari, possibly named Glymuk. He wears a sparkling red stone, perhaps a ruby, in the spot where his white eye ought to be. In human form, he covers the gem with a pat. <gasps> it's the one-eyed swordsman! When you tell Vark about your own encounters, the one-eyed man at the scene of several Kagari attacks, he nods grimly. He is a dangerous foe, and one I'm certain I've met before, he says. Many years ago, I was part of a band of adventurers that drove the Kagari from the eastern settle of Twithic. A leader of those rats was a fearsome creature named Glymuk, one of my fellow adventurers, a fearless woman. Darlene was her name, held off Gilbuck and his swarming vermin. Long enough for the west of us to escape from an ambush we had unwittingly walked into. Darlan took out Garmuk's eye with her blade, but she fell soon after. She was torn to pieces by those rats. Rack, his eyes misting over, falls silent, and, and turns, looks out across the harbour. After a few moments, he turns back to you. You've already guessed the revelation he's about to make. Delane died in, in, in that alley in Twithic. The day before, Gaimuk and the west of Kagari fled the city, he said. I lost my wife on that day, Zoop. And Lyril, not even old enough to stand, lost her mother. I dare say, with all that's happened in the last few days, 
haven't been alone in bearing a grudge these last 20 years. You instinctively tell Rark that you're sorry for the loss of his wife, for the capture of his daughter, seemingly by the same Kogari whose eye was cut out nearly two decades ago on the streets of Twithick. Then, you ask the ageing adventure, you believe Lewis' abduction by the dual eyed leader the Kogari was a Wandermacht, or a stroke of vengeance in it, 20 years after the fateful events in, in the Adderstone. Can't be certain, he says, shaking his head. But I know this much, Loop. I will not rest again until my daughter, come what may, is back, safe and sound, in my arms. I ask, no. I beg for your hope. You must know, Zoop, I do not seek to avenge Darlene. That part of my life is over. And, and little good will come of such a selfish Moses. I only want to rescue Lyle from the clutches of the Watmen. I beg you to help me. Park's eyes missed over as you lean forward. Lean forward and extend your arm, initiating a shoulder cross. He, meet, he meets you in the, in the gesture and exhales sharply, as if a great weight has been lifted from his shoulders. After thanking you, though you tell him the sediment is not necessary, he says one thing you've been hoping to hear ever since you learned of Vero's capture. I think I know where we can begin our search. Mark tells you that he and Luro were lured to the seaport's squalid eastern sector to pierce in together various rumours that suggested the dual-eyed leader Kagari would be meeting alone with an accomplice on a twisting lane lined with decrepit, largely abandoned buildings. Only too late did the cagey adventurer realise that he and his daughter had walked into a well-laid ambush. Must have killed a dozen Kagari, he says. Lyra followed at least half that many, but it was hopeless. They came out of every shadow like a surging tide. I was struck on the back of the head. Everything was faded to black when I saw my Lyra in the clutches of the, of the one-eyed human. Next thing I knew, I was being hoisted to my feet by a pair of soldiers. It must have been the soldiers who frightened off the Kogari. I stumbled away from them, days bewildered, searching for Lowell. Then I found this. Vark hands you a small scrap of paper, scrawled across the yellow surface of the torn sheet, and a narrow flowing strip. Script are three words. In the tunnels. You immediately recognise the tunnels is the name by which many of Parkour's residents revert to the long, unused and sealed-off network of sewer channels that honeycomb far beneath the streets of the ancient seaports. Vark tells you that he found the note tucked into the pocket of his tunic. I don't know what the ultimate purpose lies, lies behind this clue, he says. Taking, taking back the scrap of paper, but it seems that they expect me to venture into the old sewers, likely into the heart of their rotten hive. If it is Garmuk, there can be a little doubt that it's me he's after. For, for Lyor's safe return, Zoop, I'll happily give him what he wants. After making every precaution to ensure the two of you aren't being watched or followed, Mark takes you to the western end, 
of the city's harbour district. There, midway along a wide stone ledge that skirts the face, a treacherous stretch of iron-worn cliffs, the Adrian Adventurer shows you a tall, iron-gated, iron-grated arch set back into the rock. Peering through the corroded iron grating, you can make out a broad, damp, vaulted corridor that swiftly plunges into the darkness. You realise immediately that the ancient passage along which your eyes wander is an entrance to the tunnels, the sealed-off network of sewer channels that snake beneath pack wall. The Wapmen used this entrance as Vark is where he gazed, scouring the cliffside in a dark passage on either side of the, of the grate. There may be other ways in, but we haven't time to go looking for them. This is where we'll be going in. Believe me, Zoop, if you have any desire to back out this now, I, I, certainly, I would certainly understand. But I will be pressing on, come what may. You shake your head and tell Vark you've no intention of abandoning the mission. You further assure him that you will do all you can to see his daughter return safe and sound. Your words seem to bring him a fair, me- fair measure of comfort, and he smiles and nods in response. You're standing midway along a broad stretch of rock that skirts the western sh- skirts skirts the face of a treacherous stretch of tide-worn cliffs on the western edge seaport harbour district directly in front of you a tall iron grated arch is set back into the cliff wall a loose portion of the corridor grating allows easy passage into a dark vaulted corridor beyond this dank shadowy passage long ago sealed off and largely forgotten leads down into the twisting network of old sewer passages known as the tunnels. The stone arch that houses the grating is in a dismal state of disrepair and appears ready to collapse. You wonder how long the ancient structure will continue to hold up. Vark can cast his wooing gaze at the arc and shakes his head. A quick glance at the heart the age at your aging companion shows he's completely hale and hearty. So I can enter the sewers, I can also rest here. Enter the old sewers. You glance over a vark. The aging adventurer gives you a reassuring nod as the two of you slip through the opening in the iron grating and make your way into the sloping pass pass passage beneath the stone arc. Uh, okay, you're standing at the end of a wide vaulted corridor that leads up and out of the tunnels. Dark passages, their floors covered with thin, slimy puddles of fetid water, plunge into the surrounding gloom to the north, east, and south. Okay, so this one, you can look. You, you have a companion. You glance over at Vark and ask who he's holding up, fearful that this daunting mission will exact a heavy toll on the aging adventurer. At first, Vark seems annoyed by a sunny cry, but he ultimately smiles and tells you he's alright. He then says he's eager to get on with the task at hand, the search for his daughter. A quick glance at your aging companion. Aging companion reveal he's completely hale and hearty. 
100% health. So yes, this, this, this companion can get hurt. Not much, because he, he's, he's, a, he's an experienced adventurer. He's not... He's not like he's a president's daughter or something. Or just run off and get kidnapped by every single person. And, you know, use up all the items. And Jenna go, where's the nearest dire peril? Ooh, there. Look, dire peril. Look at that. Look at the dire peril. No, no, he's, he's competent. Okay, thing is, we've... Okay, now, this is a good, well, maybe not a good time to stop, but this is a very, very large dungeon. Lots of stuff going on, and if, and if we do it, we'll be well over the hour mark. So, this, maybe it's not the best place to stop, but for now, we're going to pause... And stop this episode when we've just got into the sewers. The next time, we shall explore the sewers and rescue Vark's daughter, deal with Grimurk, and maybe find some, maybe find some treasures. But until then, farewell, fellow adventurers. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.